I feel like the Holy Ghost has been moving like a train through your life and like a train through the church. And you got to just get on the train or put yourself on the tracks and be like, run me over if that's what it takes. But uh, have you been enjoying the supernatural series that we've been in with the, the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God? Um, I've called this sermon Code Talkers. Um, we're talking about uh, praying in tongues. So release the snakes. It's always, I don't know. When I was a kid, there was this like church somewhere in Alabama or I don't know where. Not that Alabama is a bad place. There was a church someplace where they, you know, they were into the, the gifts of the spirit, but it was kind of more charismania than it was uh, <laughs> being done well in an order, I would say. And they were dancing around with a bunch of snakes and I feel like it maybe gave the Holy Spirit a bit of a bad name. We're going to release snakes later. Now, if, if you come in and you're kind of new to faith, you're new to Christianity, the speaking in tongues is just going to be another thing that you're going to learn just because, you know, everything is new. In the kingdom of God, like left is right and up is down and it's all different, right? And so you're learning things that are different and, and you're just naive enough to think that if we do what's in the Bible, then we get closer to God and, and you're right. If you grew up in church traditions that were kind of set against, I would say, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it can be a little bit messy because if you, you know, are, are you call up, I mean, I could get all the wing nuts in the area into church if I would call a prophetic conference. And if you grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about. There's this thing where weird people are also attracted to the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> and if you're Christian and you're weird, you know, and you're like, I don't know any weird Christians, it's you. Um, and so, but you know, when Christians get weird, they get super weird because, you know, but, but it's, a, there's this thing of, of power that attracts people um, to it. But, but, you know, you might have grown up in church, like hearing, I don't know about them tongues. It's always tongues. It's always speaking in tongues. I don't know why it's not prophecy. It's, you know, I don't know about speaking in tongues. Here's what I would say that we're going to be studying from the apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit, it says, gave the men of God, like preached in their ear and they wrote it down. So kind of verbatim. And I'm going to just go through the scriptures verbatim and, and show you what Paul has to say about that and educate us a little bit. But here's what I would say. Would you do it if the apostle Paul was preaching here and wanted to explain it? If you don't like it, you know, like don't take it and just don't decide about parts of the Bible. Like, I don't know about that. So I'm just going to put it away and not use it. You know, you need all the weapons of warfare. And, uh, I mean, if you, if you're not interested in warfare, like just step into traffic and go to heaven. I mean, like, but you're in a battle. We're going to talk about it today. But also if you throw away the apostle Paul and what he taught by the Holy spirit about tongues and about the gifts of the spirit, then throw away half of the new Testament too. And throw away the part where it says husbands love your wives just throw that away too 50 percent of the room is on my team right now no we want we're gonna keep it yeah well we're gonna keep tongues too um would you do it if god told you to <laughs> well he did and so um if you wouldn't do what god told you to you might be in the wrong religion altogether i'm, I'm not i'm just gonna say that um i'm gonna start a sermon series this is kind of the close-up of the supernatural there's a freedom to preach today there's just a freedom of the spirit here and you're going to get it, and we're going to practice it a little, little bit later. I'm going to show you when we sing our last song. I'm going to do a series next called Simply Christmas. I had called it Simple Christmas, but then Creative came back because they're all creative, and they're like, we, we like Simply better. So I'm like, you guys are important. Okay, we'll do that. Simply Christmas. I don't know if it's easier to brand or what the deal is, but I love you creative people. I was gonna, initially going to do a series called, titled, you ready? 
how much pastor hates COVID. Hates hearing about COVID, hates talking about COVID, hates thinking about COVID. It was going to be that long. But I figured I would follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and speak simply Christmas. You know what? This is a time in your life that God is going to do a reset. And in the next series, imagine, imagine this. You think that it's complicated politically now. You think that it's complicated health-wise now. You have no idea that the world that the Christ was born into was Roman world, politically extremely complicated. There was Rome and then there was everybody else. You mean there were second-class citizens? No, there was Rome and then there was everybody else. Uh, it was a brutal society. It was a racist society in ways that you can't imagine unless you came from a different country. You can't even imagine the complication of the socioeconomic, like there was the rich and then there was you. And, and there was people that starved every day and died every day. There was no social pro programs. There was nothing. There was brutality. There was might makes right. And into this complicated uh, political scene and this complicated everything in the middle of this, God moves Caesar Augustus, who, who was not a Christ follower, moves him, because there was no Christ. I just picked that up, right? Wasn't a great guy. He was a Caesar, okay? He moves him to have a census, and Joseph's like, great. My wife is like nine, month, nine months pregnant. We are going on a road trip on a donkey right now. How many people know that no matter how complicated your life has been, there's a reason that God is leading you where he's leading you. And into this complicated scene, why did, why did Caesar, why did God make Caesar Augustus do something and create a census for the whole world? Why, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Because nobody could deny that Christ was born because his name was written down. Come on. <laughs> He's like, it's okay, Joseph, just go. And the complications and the incredible, the Christ was born, ready? A sign of unending power is its simplicity. The Christ was born and laid in a manger and he saved the world. God's going to take your life and unclutter it, filter a bunch of stuff out, refocus you, get you ready to go because your life is powerless if it's cluttered, it's powerless if you're not focused, it's powerless if it's complicated. And God is not complicated. He's not a complicated God. He, con he controls the world by, the, by the, his mind and his disciplines and his heart that keeps the planets rolling. He does all of that, but it's not complicated for him. It's very simple. It's gonna be good. Hey, first Wednesday seven o'clock. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's come and get tapped into the Holy Spirit power. It's going to be incredible. Um, thanks, Sean. Hey, Sean, do you, do you know what this thing is? Not my water bottle. Sean, are you aware of what water is? <laughs> You're probably old enough. Do you know what this is, everybody? This is a, a, do you see that? It says Motorola. This is the initial, the first cell phone cellular phone, you know, <laughs> please give me cancer in my ear. You know, this, this Motorola cell phone, when I was, I think in, in, um, I feel like maybe night, I'm not going to tell you how old I was. When I, about 1990, I feel like, um, my, my friend's mom got the first one of these that we saw. And for the, for the low price, thank you, Telus, for having a monopoly on uh, telephones for so long. For the low price of only $1 per minute back then, which was, you know, the, roughly the equivalent of your house payment. Um, for $1 a minute, you could talk on a cellular phone plugged in with a little antenna and everything. You could, you could do uh, one of two things. You could receive a call and you could make a call. No texting and driving. Anybody get a distracted driving ticket? Well, don't worry about it. Because for a dollar a minute, you're not using it. Yeah. And so, and so um, these things came out. My, my daughter, Arwen, I had her pick this up from a guy in Kijiji. Um, and, and 
And the thing is, I didn't care if it works or not. I don't care if the charger works, and I don't care if the lights come on, and I don't care if the antenna works. I don't care if the battery works. I don't care if anything works on this thing. Do you know why? Because the network that it used to work on was obsolete in 2008. And I feel like before this series, you were walking around maybe with a bag phone, Christianity. And what you and I do, because we, we know what we know, and a bag phone Christianity is only this. We're trying to live and please Christ in the natural, in our flesh, in our soul, like in my mind, will, and my emotions. I try really hard, but there's only so far that this can get you. And because our society is so wrapped up around optics, did you know that I really think that we care more that we appear that we want people to be healthy than the decisions we're making actually making them healthy? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I want to look like on Instagram that I'm doing a victory war lap rather than actually have something to do a victory war lap about. Oh. You get all polished up. Yeah, man, I, I hate Instagram because it shows me that you have your life all together, but you don't because it's not the behind the scenes. It's just like the only time that week that you weren't trying to strangle your child. Come on. And it's like, oh, she's a perfect mom. She's not a perfect mom. No. But you and I, we come to Christianity with this like bag phone sort of thing. Like I can ask Siri. I spend a lot of time yelling at Siri right now. Siri has saved my marriage, by the way. Google Maps has saved my marriage because I get to yell at the British chick on the other end of that and be like, no, it's not there. There's no turn here. Because before that, it was like Pastor Corey in a car with my poor wife, like looking at an actual fold-out map and like, just tell me where to turn. I just need to know where to turn here. I just need to, and it's like, right. No, I mean left. I mean, <laughs> now I just yell at my phone. I asked my phone the other day. Well, here, you want me? To... I'll see if I can do this with the timer on. Hey, Siri, how do I build a rocket? Okay. I found this on the web for how do I build a rocket. Check it out. How to build a rocket from scratch. How to build a, build a high-powered rocket. Nine easy steps. <laughs> Pictures included. Now let's try it here with an outdated um, system. Bag phone. How do I build a rocket? Some of you feel like your prayers aren't getting answered because you're not praying them from the right place. You're praying them from the flesh. You're running everything through the filter of your flesh. Dear bag phone, even if all the parts worked, we're walking around though. This is our temptation. We're walking around with a Christianity that looks like it's connecting to heaven, but it's not. But as long as I walk around with this, I mean, this used to be like the size of like the Bibles we used to carry to church. Now bring your Bible and that's great. My Bible is all on this stuff because I hate paper. But this was like, it's like weighs like a lot. And some of us are walking around caring more about optics than we're caring about connection. We're caring more about optics than we are effectiveness. And so, so what, what God is trying to do in this year, I'm just going to explain it. What God is trying to do is to get you away from the participation awards. Because I don't want you just to participate in church. What does that mean? When I was a kid, nobody wanted a congratulations for going to the track meet, which you were legally required to do. <laughs> congratulations that you were there. But when you become a Christ follower, you step in out of this dungeon of sin into the family of God, and you're like born on the plains of Africa, you got to get up and run pretty quick because you walk into a war. Now, do you know what a participation uh, award looks like in battle? Like, I was there, but I didn't win. It's a little white cross over a piece of ground about six feet, or maybe Jason, six feet too. 
or whatever. <laughs> Getting a participation badge in a spiritual war means you didn't win and you died. Now, you and I have to start running on the planes. We have to start exercising the spiritual gifts and the power that God has for us from on high so that you and I win the spiritual war. Paul the Apostle says, run the race so that you might win it. No, 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 we've got to win this thing. We have everything at our back to win this, but we have to start exercising the weapons of warfare. Now, the weapons of our warfare, we're taught in the New Testament, are not carnal, it says, are not fleshly, are not pleasing optically to what pleases your flesh. So they don't look that good on Instagram, but they are mighty in God, the scriptures say, for pulling down strongholds. Anybody got any strongholds in their family? They are mighty in God for pulling those things down. Why well, I want to look like I'm pulling them down. No, you don't. You want them actually torn down. Um, Wikipedia says this, and my sermon today is called Code Talkers. A code talker was a person employed by the military during wartime to use a little-known language as a means of secret communication. The term is now usually associated with United States service members during the World Wars who used their knowledge of Native American languages as a basis to transmit coded messages. Now, assuming that Wikipedia is right... What it's saying is, the more effectively you can communicate without the enemy, or the enemy of your soul, the devil, picking up on communication, if, if the devil can break it down, he can lay traps for you. Yeah. Now think about this. Um, and I'll explain this a little bit more, but you and I think that we're very clever, and we think that, that you know, you're trying to quarterback your own life, right? And so you're like, and then you run back and you're like... And the devil throws the blitz at you and you're like, I'm going to drop my shoulder and spin. But see, the devil's seen that like 50 billion times. And you just like, boom. You get tackled by a 400-pound giant guy called the fridge. And you get tackled. And then the next time you're like, I'm going to roll right. Boom. You are predictable. You are human. My mom called me special. You are very special to her. But there's a lot of you out there. Think of how many billions of people have lived and died. And how many people did it just like you? They thought like you. They felt like you. They made decisions like you. And the devil has been watching game tapes. He can. In your flesh, he can trap you. Now, the beauty about the supernatural is God actually goes ahead of him to lay traps for his traps. Now, how do we, how do we use this? Now, there's a level of spiritual war that gets us there. But it doesn't work with a bag phone Christianity. Now, here's, here's the thing, and here's what I want you to think about today. The enemy has, a, has an ally that you would never suspect. It's your own mind. He's got a spy right there. It's your own heart, and it's your own will, your soul. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural, is to overtake your soul, and what it'll do is it'll connect you spirit to spirit. Now, did you know that, that you'll believe whoever gets to you first with information, like a much higher percentage? Do you know who always gets to you first? Your brain and your heart and your will. And the devil can get right in there. Has anybody ever felt something that was totally off? Chad and the rest of you are lying right now and you're going to have to repent. Has anybody ever had a thought that was not true? Well, everything that I feel is true. I hope not. Because some days you're a psychopath. I hope that's not the real you. 
Every decision that you made, every way that you, your desi- every desire, every piece of will inside of you, the devil has spies right in there in your flesh. The apostle Paul himself, and you're not better than he is, said like, man, the things that I hate to do, I, 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 I do, and the things I want to do, I don't do. Oh, who will deliver me? You know, he's like, I need deliverance from this thing. And, and so what if God created a code that was one of your weapons of war, one of the gifts of the spirit that bypassed not just the enemy's communication, what if it actually bypassed his spies here, here, and in my will? What happened? What if one of the gifts was, it's a code that I talk to, a language, praying in tongues, a language that I don't understand, and you're like, well, that's not good. And God is like, that's very good. Because if you only ever pray according to your understanding, you're only ordering off the menu that you have. But when you pray in the Spirit, and we're gonna, I'm going to show you this, how the Apostle Paul explains all of this. When you pray in the Spirit, you order off a whole menu that you don't even know is out there. You didn't know that you can put lobster in tacos. You order off the menu according to your understanding, but when you pray in the Spirit, you're ordering off a Spirit menu that does things in your life that you don't even know. Now, those who live by the bag phone or your own human understanding or emotion will end up dying by it. If you live by your understanding, you'll die by it. This is where the kingdom of God is different. The kingdom of heaven is like obey and then the results are up to God. This is what they tell you now. The results are up to you. You can control anything. You can do anything. No, that's, I'm sorry. That's not true. No, God can do anything. God can do anything through you. But I have to live according to obedience. Now, this is where we, to, to, to operate in the spiritual gifts and to re- even receive these things, you have to obey. Now, o- obeying, what is obeying? Obeying is if somebody tells me something to do and I agree with it, then I'll do it. Did you know that if, you, if, if obedience to you is I do what I agree with, did you know who also does that? The devil. He'd read the Bible and do it if he agreed with it. What's obedience? It's following a higher law than what I agree with. Obedience, I think, you can really only tell if a person is obedient when God asks them to do something that they don't particularly want to do. Tell your wife you're sorry. I don't want to. Do it anyways. Do it, and then I'll turn and bless you. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. She should apologize, and God's like, God has this thing where he thinks that he's God. And he thinks that you were lucky to get to church with pants on. There's this thing where he, he has this unnerving thing. This is what Christianity is, where he's God and thinks that if you did it according to how he told you to do it, then he could bless you and get you the result that you want. But he can't do that as long as you're only doing what you agree with. Well, this is where we start getting into the, into the gift of tongues and speaking tongues is because it, it, it doesn't make sense to us and doesn't make sense here and according to our will. Why? Because it's outside of our control in, in some desire. It's like it's still your mouth, but you don't get what's going on. But that's the beauty of it as well. And so just remember, I mean, your brain was, was there every time that sin sounded like a good idea. In fact, it talked you into it. Nobody made you sin. You decided, no, I'm going to watch that. You, you felt, well, I deserve this. Just me. Okay. Your will, your, 
God never committed to fighting your battles your way. He committed to fighting his battles his way. And when you obey, you fight his battles his way, and then he pours his power out into your life. The Bible also does not tell you to trust your own heart. Can I just break this down for just a minute? We're telling seven-year-olds in, in school right now, like, hey, you're tired of being a boy? Sure, be a girl. Your sexuality, yeah, sure, pick it when you're seven. And a seven-year-old's like, what's sexuality? Yeah. Well, pick one. Or pick them all. Am I going to get thrown in jail here? You know what I did when I was seven? And I got better marks than a lot of kids in my class. I ate a strawberry eraser because it smelled like strawberries. <laughs> and tasted like an eraser, predictably. I still tried it. I gave myself a haircut and left it on the classroom floor when I was sick. Trust your heart is what we say. Trust your heart. Trust your mind. Jeremiah the prophet writes by the Holy Spirit, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Like your heart, my heart. Oh, are you kidding? You just believe whoever gets to you first with information and it's always you. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember the soul, heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. But what you have to understand is that the weapons of our warfare are not according to the flesh. They're according to something much higher. So imagine, imagine having the technology and the network right now that God can, it's like a spiritual war app. These are what the gifts are like. So that, that you keep an earpiece in and he can guide you through a minefield when you don't, you can't see a minefield. That's the whole point of it. And he can be like, turn left, turn right, turn. What if there was code that protected communications back and forth between you and the Holy Spirit? What if there was a way to bypass your soul, even in a language, a spiritual language that we pray with, and, and we could bypass it so that we could speak spirit to spirit? Because here's the thing. You spend so much time trying to work on your behaviors from the outside in, which you should do. But what if the Holy Spirit at the same time could be working on your heart from the inside out? Because when your spirit is right, everything else will align itself to your spirit. And, and, and your mind will too. And your will will too. You'll find yourself wanting to live a better life. You'll find yourself wanting to be a better man. Because God, at the same time as you're exercising discipline, he is exercising the power of the Holy Spirit through the gift of tongues. Um, now imagine during this time, like, look, Venue Church has done really well during this time. A lot of churches have not. So imagine, like, and my heart is, like, it's been a very difficult time for churches. And so, so the, the thousand decisions or 10,000 decisions that we made there, how did I make those decisions as, as the leader? How did I make those decisions? Did any, the experts didn't have a clue what was going on, which we clearly see now. I'm not an expert. I don't even like hospitals. Like, no offense. They smell bad. I spent my childhood in hospitals. I hate hospitals. But here's what I want to say. How did we know which way to turn? How, how are we flourishing now? How are your families doing okay now? I know people who are getting promotions in new houses now in this time of economic downturn. How? How is this even a thing right now? Do you know, want to know how I fight my battles? Shandala. What am I going to pray in my understanding? I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what to do next. I, don't, I can't see this thing coming. Did you? 
It's, it's, a, it's a prayer language that I developed when I was in high school with God. It made no sense to me. It was very confusing for me. I had a very strong mind. I still have a very strong mind, but sometimes I just put it in a box and I'm like, you sit here and stay. I need to connect with my spirit a little bit. And I go out and I pray long enough. I'll tell you, 15 minutes of praying in tongues for me just quiets me down like nothing else can. I mean, look, the, the, the president of whatever could call me and it wouldn't calm me down like that does. It just calms, it just shuts my mind and my heart down just like easy. And then I get to a place where I can listen I'm not looking for information, trying to filter the whole world or fix everything. And the Holy Spirit's like, okay, good. We good now? Okay, relax. Go tell this person to do this thing. Go ask if this person can help you with this other thing. And just off you go. There's only one thing to do in every situation. That's what God wants you to do. You don't have to fix the world. You don't have to fix your family. Just do the one thing that God wants you to do. The gift connects the spirit to spirit. Now, the major barrier is this. That, that I heard growing up in churches, like our church practiced the gifts of the spirit, but so many of the churches and my friends around me did not. And so I feel like because the gifts of the spirit, it takes some handling. Paul the apostle says, do everything decently and in order. I think it was Paul. Do everything decently and in order. But I think some churches didn't really get that part all that right because you actually have to manage it. So I don't want just like random so-and-so here comes to church for the first time, grabs you and prophesies, you know, that you're going to find another wife. Like, I don't know who... If we don't know, like, we actually handle it. Like, no, you're not allowed to do that to somebody else. We don't know who you are. And so even prophetic words and gifts that happen here, they still get submitted through the prayer team and through people that we trust and know. And it's not like the Holy Spirit just comes and takes you over and makes you a frothing, you know, frothing at the mouth animal. And you just can't, you know. And so, but if you went to a service one time where somebody was barking like a dog and chasing around another barking dog as a human, like, it kind of throws you off a little bit and everybody's praying at times. And so... And I'm not saying, maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to bark like a dog. That's great. But in here, it's a little weird, you know? So how do we treat this as a church? How do we actually not throw the baby out with the bathwater? Because some people are a little bit odd and interpret things a certain way. So this is what we say. There's no way God would want me to pray in a way that I don't understand. To that, I say, I've seen what you understand. It's not great sometimes. But God might say, he says this actually in, in, he says this in a place in the Bible. He says, where were you, Chad, when I created the world? I remember Jesus and I remember the spirit. And you were going to tell me about what I'm allowed to do and what you understand and what you don't understand and what I'm allowed to do. Then, Chad, Jason, I don't feel like you were there. The Holy Spirit, Jason's not there. I mean, he's old, but he's not. (laughs) Listen, I love you. You're not that old. Don't limit the general in what he can do with your private level of understanding and power. Don't limit the general. Oh my goodness, if he gives you a weapon, fire it. Do what he tells you to do with it. Um, what we really mean is there's no way that God would want me to look like or feel like an idiot. And God's like, you had a head start. You know? So... Now, as we go through this, keep in mind that the Apostle Paul is the one doing this. Now, Paul was one of the smartest guys, but he used to also persecute the church heavily, like throwing men and women in jail. Like he was the the nasty of the nasty. But he was also one of the top minds in Israel, like educated by the best teachers that they had. So maybe was he the top 10 or top 100 in his nation of thinkers at the time? And he's trying to tell you, like, look, guys, you think that you're intelligent in Canada right now? He's like, I had to go so far down to understand the gifts of the Spirit and to not really understand them, but just to do them. Then I realized all my human understanding didn't matter anyways. It just kept tripping me up. 
And so he says this, he says in, in, to the Corinthians, instead God chose the, the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He didn't say those who are wise. He says who think that they are wise, because that's about human wisdom. Like, you think that you know how to fix your teenager, but God is like, oh my goodness, it's not working, you know? And so, and then he says, he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful, meaning God can do whatever he wants. And if you want on board the train, then get on the train, but don't try to drive it. Just go where the tracks go. And he says in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, which is just following the love chapter. Y'all about the love. 1 Corinthians 13. He's going to show you actually practically that the gifts of the Spirit are to make your love better. He's going to show you like, that's great. Everybody says they love, but let me show you actually how to do it and actually how to use the Spirit's gifts to do it. He said, let love be your highest goal. So as I'm talking about this, he's like, love God, love people. This is the point of all of this, but let me show you how. He said, you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Well, what is prophecy? That is giving... A prophecy is like how God has led the church, you know, venue this whole time of like, uh, go here, don't do this, do this, yeah. sing. Yeah. Um, it says, for, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, now he's talking about speaking in tongues, you'll, you will be talking only to God. So are you getting that? Speaking in tongues in a language that I don't understand, you're like, does the Holy Spirit just come over me and I just do it? No, you have to actually open your mouth and say things. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. In high school, that's what I had to go through. I had to, like, practice. It's like practicing a piano. It sounds terrible at first. It doesn't make any sense at first. And then practice, practice. He says, um, he says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, what's he talking about now? You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. Anybody want that? But it will all be mysterious. So... So what's he talking about here? He's talking about when you come into church, it's like, it's like if you come into church and every, it's just a speaking in tongues free for all, and you're trying to like, instead of just saying like, hi, Eilish, I'm like, shandala, manala. She's like. Because what he's trying to do is set things in order in the church so that the gifts are used and the, the weapons are used for when they're supposed to be used for. So if you're hand-to-hand, -hand, like, you know, trying to fight hand-to-hand -hand with like a giant 50 cal machine gun, you know, you're going to get stabbed, right? So he's like, no, here, here, let me show you how it works in the church. Let me show you how it works personally. Um, you know, afterwards, the worship team, they don't know about this, but they're going to play a 45-minute song in tongues. And we're just going to try to, like, put it up on the screen, the, the lyrics. You know what I mean? But Paul's like, see, some churches are like a free-for-all here. Let me just explain how this works because it's like, shandala, blah. You know, like, he's like, that doesn't really make sense. So when are we talking to God? When are we talking to people? How does it work? Um, he says, one who prophesies. So a lot, sometimes um, there are things that come up in the sermon that are prophetic, meaning like they're telling you this week and next year what's coming so that you can get on train for the blessing and avoid the, the hurt, right? Um, he says, one who prophesies strengthens others. If you've ever been in the prayer corner, like there's prophetic words that come out of that. Like it strengthens you, it encourages you, it comforts you. It says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So he's saying prophecy is God's word to people. Tongues is our words in a different language to God. Does that make sense? And so he goes, I wish you could all speak in tongues. Like, come on, guys. But even more, I wish you could all prophesy. What's he talking about now? Now he's talking about like either a pulpit or somebody having a microphone. And they would get up in this time, I guess, and just like speak in tongues. He's saying like, well, that's a little bit weird, guys. Um, because nobody can understand you. 
So it's great that you're talking to God, but you're supposed to be talking to people when you're up here, right? And so it's like singing a song in the spirit up here that you're supposed to follow. There's nothing to follow. You don't know what to do next, right? And he says, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. Now he's talking about a church setting, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church can be strengthened. I think we'd be like, okay, that makes sense to me. Dear brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in an unknown language, how, how would that help you? You know, I, I, I sent Chad a, a text and I, I sent him a text saying like, can you just put my iPad vertical so that I don't have to flip it and then I'm always worried that it's gonna like lose everything because that's how I understand technology. Now, if I would have sent him that text in a different language, and then come here and it's still horizontal, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Let's get in the ring and solve this right now. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> Chad's a fighter, so that's not gonna happen. Chad's on my team. Um, he says, dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. So, um, I'm just trying to see here. So, so I'm going to explain this because I can't remember. I cut some scripture out of this. Um, but if I pray in, in I, I can speak in tongues here, but if somebody, God, God can give a gift to somebody to interpret it, then it becomes the same thing as prophecy and strengthens the entire church. I've been in church services where somebody would get up and do the shandala, and then somebody would be like, I know what that means. And, and then that's a powerful thing because God reads your, your mail, and it, none of it makes sense to any part of you. And you're like, how did he do it? And God's like, because I can um, it's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability, and he's talking in the church setting, to interpret what is being said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, not my soul. My spirit is connecting to the spirit of God without any interference or anybody else who can get in there, including me. He says, but I don't understand what I'm saying. He's saying successfully bypass my brain. Like, this is great. I, I don't have to be subject to it anymore, to my heart. What then? What shall I do? He says, I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in words I understand. So you should pray in the spirit in languages that you don't understand. And you should pray in what you do understand. I will sing in the spirit and I will sing in w w what I understand. When you think about that, like, we're going to give you a chance. We're going to sing, this is how I fight my battles. I'm going to be like praying in tongues a little bit up here. I'm not going to be doing it on the mic all that much because it won't help you. And it'll confuse you because you think that you should be singing the words. But I sing in my spirit and I sing in the, un in the understanding. I pray in the spirit and I pray in the understanding. What then? What shall I do? I will pray in the spirit. I will pray in words I understand. I will sing and I will sing in words I don't understand. I will, I will sing in my spirit and I will sing in my soul. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well. Some of you have not been giving thanks very well because this gift has not been released yet in your life and you haven't trained yourself in it. It says, you will be giving thanks very well. Then he says in, in the corporate setting, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. So take the mic down and give thanks very well. But when you put the mic up, it has to now benefit people. Then he says this, I thank God. Come on up, worship team. He, he says this, ready? I'm going to end on the scripture. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. The Apostle Paul just said that. Look at his track record. The Apostle Paul just said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than anybody. You know what he also did more than anybody? Planted more churches. Got beaten up. Got thrown in jail. That's what we're afraid of. 
He got beaten up, got persecuted. They threw rocks at him until he was dead and, and killed him. And then he got up and went back to work. I pray in tongues more than a shandala. Come on, keep the rocks coming, shandala. And then I wake up, shandala, let's go. There's something, I need to bypass this because right now this is kind of difficult to be here. From the Jews, I received 40 lashes minus one X number of times because 40 lashes was supposed to kill a guy. So they're like, give him minus one X number of times. Shandala. <laughs> I mean, just keep, come on. You got to build your spirit up. I, I need to thank God even in prison. Paul and Silas are praying and, and, singing, and singing songs in prison at midnight. You know, the songs I'm going to sing then are like, oh God, why did you put me here? I don't like this place. It really hurts. My back is bloody. Like, oh God. My life is like really terrible and sucky right now. Man, I'd be praying in the spirit because if I know, my mind's going to get in there and be like, dude, you did everything you were supposed to and you're still in. I did everything I was supposed to. My marriage is still in. I, I got to get past this and I got to get past this. Here's what I want to say. Worship team, if you played basketball and you obviously don't. If you play basketball and Michael Jordan came in this gym and it's like, I do one thing more than any of you guys do. I do one drill. You want to get good at war? Paul says, who is better than Paul? I do one drill more than any of you. I do one thing that you can do more than any of you. Would you do it? How do we do it, pastor? Well, I heard somebody say one time, because I developed this in high school. My mind was pretty strong and it was difficult for me because I'm like, I'm not, this doesn't make sense. Put in earplugs or put in loud music. That's why the music is so loud in here so you can't hear yourself sing. Because it's terrible. Your, your neighbor told us that so you can't sing. So you turn the music up loud. Practice during this next song. Well, what do I say? I heard somebody say, well, get in a cold shower and see what comes out. There's something inside of you that wants to connect just your spirit. You just, everything else is getting in the way and blocking it. You got to practice it just like practicing singing and first you're going to be a, a little pitchy it's not going to sound right it's going to be confusing when Sean first started playing piano he was terrible he's still terrible I'm just kidding it's like practice piano and practice with people who play piano a lot join the prayer team info at venuechurch.ca join the prayer team and pray alongside people who pray in the spirit well Hang around people who play basketball if you want to play basketball. Hang around soldiers who fight well. Hang around them. Learn. Apprentice. Train yourself. Get When Aaron, Pastor Aaron and I go and pray, we don't know what to pray for you sometimes because y'all are a mess. And so sometimes we just pray in the spirit. And then somebody will, God will give something, something to me to pray about and I will and she'll back me up praying in tongues. And then when it's, I'll just be like, I'll just back her up and make intercession and and then all of a sudden I'll know what to pray for. Or then he'll just go ahead of me without even me knowing what he did in your life and do it for you. Because it's spirit to spirit. It's a powerful thing. And I want to show you during this song, it's just as easy as just starting. But this is how I fight my battles. You want to know how pastor fights my, this is how I fight my battles. Vinny Church, this is how we fight our battles. You ready to go? Just practice it when the music is going. Let's get into it. <laughs> 